after 100 years, uh, the, it's still standing. And none of the countries or signatories have really contested uh, its uh, provisions. I would argue that the treaty is still uh, quite important for the system and the stability of the regions that it was in, uh, it, it's, it has been interested in uh, and dealing with, and also uh, for the subsystem of the world, including, again, Middle East, uh, Eastern Mediterranean, Balkans, and where Turkey is today, Anatolia. Welcome to the Eliamep podcast series. 100 years since the Treaty of Lausanne was signed and Eliamep is organizing a conference with experts for an in-depth international cross-disciplinary dialogue on the treaty and its provisions, its relevance today and its contribution to the evolution of relations between Greece and Turkey, as well as the geopolitical balance in the wider region. Today, Professor Mustafa Idin, Professor of International Relations in the Kadir Has University, he will be in Athens to participate in the conference. And on this occasion, we will have a discussion about the Treaty of Lausanne. Thank you, Professor, for this uh, discussion. Thank you for inviting me. How important is the Treaty of Lausanne one century after it was uh, signed? Is it a, a special treaty? Uh... Yes. Uh, first of all, uh, it was by 100 years ago, uh, it was very important in order to arrange the borders in Near East. Uh, if you remember the history, uh, of course, one of the biggest issues going into the First World War was the future of the Near East in general, the Ottoman territories. Uh, after the First World War and the War of Independence of Turkey, uh, many of the borders uh, had to be created in the region uh, and uh, negotiations took place uh, with the attendance of uh, quite many countries, uh, both sides of the First World War, as well as uh, a newly emerging countries, a newly independent countries uh, as well. Uh, so in that sense, the Lausanne Treaty was the final uh, document, uh, uh, except a couple of issues. It created uh, the, uh, a situation and an environment, uh, 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 arranged the borders between uh, independent countries, former Ottoman countries, in a sense, uh, and that also created a system uh, for the next hundred years uh, to come in what we call today Middle East, uh, Levant, uh, or uh, and the Balkans, in fact. So in that sense, it was a quite uh, important treaty uh, of creating a, a systematic and legal uh, document uh, uh, ordering the borders, independence, uh, and the future of countries. So that was the first one. After 100 years, uh, the it's still standing, and none of the countries or signatories have really contested uh, its uh, provisions. I would argue that the treaty is still uh, quite important for the system and the stability of the regions that it was in. Uh, it, it's, it has been interested in uh, and dealing with, and also uh, for the subsystem uh, uh, of uh, of the world. Uh, 
including again Middle East, uh, Eastern Mediterranean, Balkans, and where Turkey is today, Anatolia. Apart from this, of course, uh, the Lausanne Peace Treaty uh, had number of provisions arranging uh, relationship between the countries, independent countries, post-Ottoman independent countries, but also uh, arranging domestic aspects of uh, some of the countries, including Turkey and Greece. Uh, and some of these issues that was dealt in the Lausanne Peace Treaty was uh, is still active, let's say, or um, uh, it becomes occasionally becomes issues between different countries. So this also shows how important the treaty uh, was. Um, let me stop there and then we'll move on. Okay, so um, uh, do you believe that the, uh, it is possible to amend such a historic peace agreement as the Treaty of Lausanne? Can it be revised? Should it be revised 100 years after um, the signing? Uh, first of all, legally, uh, how, how you can amend the treaty uh, is already depicted within the treaty. So the way... Uh, to go about if if anybody wants to amend uh, is there, but that's the legal aspect. Politically, uh, uh, I would say uh, two um, two issues here. Uh, one, if all the signatories ag- agree to change an agreement, an international agreement, uh, they can go ahead and change it. However, uh, personally, I would argue that. Uh, amending a treaty after a hundred years, uh, it's a quite a difficult situation and uh, difficult uh, order uh, because this, it's almost always uh, very difficult to get the same countries to agree on uh, something new. Uh, remember, this kind of treaties, and Lausanne is uh, uh, also uh, that kind of a treaty, uh, that they are signed after a long warfare. Uh, and they are the war-ending treaties and reflects the realities of the time and balances of the time. So under different circumstances uh, where there is no such a war at the moment, where there is no uh, victors and losers and etc., the balances between countries are different. Uh, I would suspect it's almost impossible to get them agree on uh, revisions of different articles. Uh, and the third aspect is, personally, when I look at the uh, treaty, uh, I see it has created a, a quite delicate balance uh, in the former Ottoman territories uh, and, the, and the countries became independent from the Ottoman state. Uh, so uh, that uh, balance has been important to keep the peace uh, in this neighborhood. Um, so if we start or try to change some of the mm, clauses of the treaty, I'm afraid that that balance will be uh, destroyed uh, or at least damaged. And the result will be opening up the questions that led to the uh, Balkan Wars, uh, uh, First World War and the War of Independence of Turkey. Uh, so I would not recommend the politicians uh, uh, or anybody else to start looking to change the treaty. Well, uh, Professor, are there many ways to read the treaty, depending if you are a Turk or a Greek? 
because sometimes the two countries seem to to disagree uh, mm-hmm. about the articles, the same articles of the same treaty. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, you know, in the in the legal profession, uh, international treaties, uh, there are a number of ways of reading and interpreting treaties. Uh, first of all, uh, it, it, of course, legally. Uh, as much clarity as possible is always prefer- preferred, preferable, uh, and, uh, and nobody likes dif- differing interpretations. However, in, in again, in, in, in legal jurisprudence, uh, sometimes the countries do disagree, after, especially after some years, uh, about the meaning of some articles. In this case, uh, the usual practice is, of course, if possible, to sit down and talk and agree on a, a, a joint interpretation. Uh, if that's not possible, of course, you can go to an arbitration uh, or, or a court uh, to decide or to explain the real meaning. In that sense, sometimes what is done is uh, the, the courts or arbiters usually look into the circumstances uh, where the treaty was created uh, uh, in order to be explained, uh, understand the different meanings of um, clauses, or sometimes, if available, they go and read uh, the the documents uh, prepared during the negotiations of the peace treaty. Uh, you see, when you read them, you can understand uh, the argumentations of the sides signing the treaty, and then you might make a decision on that. Uh, but this is all, of course theoretical and uh, uh, and the possibilities. Regarding the Lausanne, of course, there are sometimes we see different interpretation uh, from different countries. Naturally, I would not like to say that it's natural that we see this, but it happens. Uh, in that sense, um, the only way is to go forward is not to repudiate the treaty altogether, but to talk, to negotiate, or to take it to the court or arbiter to decide what its real meaning is. Well, how is um, the Treaty of Lausanne perceived in Turkey? Is is it being discussed either as a decisive triumph or a catastrophic uh, blunder? Um, And which of the two is true? I mean... um... (laughs) (laughs) I think the truth is somewhere in between. for you, it de- in Turkey, it depends uh, where are you coming from in your political views. Uh, for years, uh, the traditional Turkish uh, statecraft uh, described the Lausanne Peace Treaty as a triumph, uh, as a success, because it was signed after uh, 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 an independence war, and also it was constructed uh, uh, with the Treaty of Serb which was signed at the end of the First World War by the Ottoman state. So the traditional state explanation and the historical explanation of the treaty is that it reversed uh, the uh, clauses of the Serb Treaty, which divided the country actually uh, into uh, some occupation zones and also some influence zones and left very small place to Turks in the middle of Anatolia. So in that sense, Lausanne was a success, and it was shown as a, a victory paper uh, document 
a victory earned against the invading armies uh, of the Antan powers. Uh, however, in recent years, there is some sort of a revivalism here, uh, especially uh, the political uh, forces coming from more, uh, uh, let's say, political Islamist perspective, uh, uh, or sometimes nationalist perspective, uh, does not see this as much as a victory uh, and criticize certain aspects of it. But their view is uh, it's not a, a, a defeat. They don't see it as a, as a defeat document, but they criticize certain uh, aspects of the treaty, and especially they criticize the people who negotiated this document. Uh, and their argument is that Turkey could have done better uh, in negotiations and uh, maybe getting uh, more territories uh, or more concessions. Uh, so this is the debate. Uh, but in general, the general perception of the treaty is that it is the founding document of the Turkish state, and that's why it valued and not really to be challenged too much. Well, um, for you, what is the most uh, important uh, aspect of uh, the Treaty of Lausanne? And where do you believe that the treaty um, uh, should have been um, better? And I am referring also to um, the exchange of uh, um, of the populations, of uh, a Greek and Turkish population, where uh, now many people seem to think that it was very hard and mm -hmm. uh, it was something that maybe um, it shouldn't have been uh, done because it was obligatory. Mm -hmm. Look, this is a uh, this is a problem of today. Uh, we see this kind of historical rethinking uh, in many countries uh, uh, and in many aspects. Uh, what people are doing is uh, using today's sensibilities and today under today's understanding. And they are looking in the history and, and making hist historical judgments with today's understanding. I think this is not right. Uh, and it's not only about Lausanne. It's not only about Turkey and, and in this part of the world. Uh, this is very active, uh, for example, in the United States and in the United Kingdom as well. I mean, uh, we saw examples of uh, some um, monuments being des destroyed and the names of the universities are being changed. Uh, simply because uh, the name uh, for 200 years ago uh, was involved, let's say, slavery. Uh, but this is a, a, a this is a wrong wrongful approach, and I think it's the same with uh, with the Lausanne Peace Treaty and exchange uh, uh, the Treaty for Exchange, which is uh, a, a kind of a, another uh, document at the time. Because if you look at the time, uh, early 1920s. And even before then, like the end of the 19th century and early 20th century, uh, there were a number of exchange agreements, uh, population exchange agreements between different countries. Uh, and if I'm not uh, mistaken in remembering, uh, Greece particularly had this uh, exchange of agreements with different countries, uh, including Bulgaria and I think Romania as well. Uh, so this was a, not something totally new and something totally untried. Uh, in that sense, it was the reflection of the time. Uh, of course, it's easy to criticize it from today, uh, arguing that it was compulsory and caused uh, several issues, especially for the individuals who had to leave the countries. 
but again, we have to read and understand it in, in the spirit of the time where the priority was to save lives because they understood at the time that these minorities in different countries, in different independent countries, became uh, a, a subjects of uh, discrimination. Uh, and it, remember the understanding of uh, uh, minority rights, the understanding of human rights, etc., was only just starting at the time. Uh, and it was difficult. I think it was a very difficult choice, uh, uh, but nevertheless agreed. Uh, now, looking from today, I can see the, the problematic aspects of it. I can see the personal uh, uh, problems, personal uh, issues arise from it, and etc. cetera. Um, what was one more aspect of the question was... Um, ah. Yes, was, uh, for you, yeah. what, is, uh, what is the best uh, that the Treaty of Lausanne did, and what is uh, the worst, or... Um, what is that it, did, that, that it, it wasn't correct, or it should have been better, it could have been done better. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the, answering the first one is much easier for me. It's that uh, the, the most important aspect of it was creating this peaceful, balanced political environment, uh, in the wake of Ottoman Empire. Uh, then we look at the, the solution of empires in the historic uh, periods. Uh, it's always problematic. It always creates wars and conflict and difficulties. But uh, and also the Ottoman Empire's the solution has not been different. Did not been different. Uh, various wars, conflicts, uprisings, etc., took in from the mid nineteenth century onwards. But after the Lausanne Peace Treaty signed, for a long time there has not been a conflict between the former Ottoman. Uh, countries that become from the independent from the Ottoman Empire, uh, and it's it stood to the test of time, you know. Even though many people argues and disputes different aspects, didn't like borders, whatever, but after hundred years, we can say that it provided peace and stability uh, in the region that it 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 dealt with, which is I think the most important aspect of it. Uh, Problematic aspects, uh, I mean, I, many people find it uh, problematic from their own different perspectives. Uh, I mean, uh, if, if you are looking from a Turkish perspective, you could argue that it didn't really comply, comply with what Turkey call, Turks calls the national borders. You know, when uh, the Turkish uh, nationalists uh, started the struggle for independence, they prepared this uh, national document, Misako Milli, uh, uh, national ant, in a sense. Uh, and it listed the territories that it should belong to Turkey. So some part of these territories were not recovered uh, at the end of the war and were not uh, recovered by the Lausanne Peace Treaty. So from the Turkish perspective, you could argue that that's a weakness and that, that has to be changed. Uh, or there were other limitations on, on Turkey. For example, uh, there was an attachment uh, document about the Lausanne uh, Straits Treaty, another agreement, uh, put limitations on the control of the Straits. Or there were uh, different aspects of economical limitations. You know, Turkey had to pay uh, uh, 
most of the Ottoman uh, debts, international debt, and etc. And I'm sure the other countries would could come up with different sorts of uh, complaints and uh, and argue that you know it, it was not fair and etc. But fair really doesn't play a role here. It's it reflects and this kind of document reflects the balance of power of the time and. It is as much as possible uh, uh, getting the sides to agree. Eventually, all the countries signed it, and eventually, all the kind countries abide with it in a hundred years. I think that shows how remarkable the treaty was uh, in creating these balances and and agreement. Uh, so, uh, I from that understanding. I really don't give much credit to the criticism of the treaty, uh, even though there might be some uh, weak sides, weak aspects, which is normal in every document you can find it. Uh, on the balance, I I would say that this was a very good peace treaty and still uh, in today's world, it's still important to keep it as it is. Do you think that maybe um, in a peace treaty of the future we uh, already have a war in uh, in Europe with uh, Russians' uh, war against uh, Ukraine? Do you think that the Treaty of Lausanne, even one hundred years after that, could be uh, can set an example even for today? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you you can say that the spirit of the treaty preparation. Uh, what it means, what it was, what it tried to solve, and how the approach that how it it it, uh, uh, it approached the topic and issue, it could be an example. But otherwise, the topics were quite different. Obviously, the countries are different, uh, circumstances different. So it's very difficult to have to take it and use it to another case in a hundred years time. But the spirit is there. Then. The, the the lesson is that when you have long-standing conflicts uh, and uh, culminating in number of wars and one world war even eventually, uh, the only way forward is to agree on something. You have to compromise for agreement. Uh, that is a message that I al- I also keep giving uh, in in a contemporary when I'm talking about the contemporary issues, especially between Greece and Turkey. The only way to move forward, you have, uh, is compromise. Uh, every country, every nation, every side has their own rights and has their own demands. You can in a, in any kind of a peace treaty signed, you cannot give everything one side once and deny everything to the other side. It the, for the peace treaties to be successful, either the two sides has to be very satisfied. Or two sides has to be equally dissatisfied. Uh, I think the yeah. second. <laughs> yeah. I think the second option is more realistic. You cannot get everybody fully satisfied, so you have to get them equally dissatisfied. Uh, if one side is very happy and the other, then there is something wrong, and that kind of a peace treaty do not really continue in a long period of time. So in Lausanne, having a hundred years already behind tells me that there was a good balance and dissatisfaction all around. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why they kept it. That's why it's so, um, it's so important treating. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the trick is yeah. to keep the trick is to keep the signatures happy 
to a certain extent, but also uh, not to give in everything that they want, because then you 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 cannot create a balance. It, it the, the most important trick is to create a balance between countries uh, between signatories. Thank you, Professor Aydin. Thank you very much. And we're looking forward to welcoming you in Athens um, in the beginning of June, uh, 12th of yeah. June. <laughs> yeah. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. This was another Eliamep podcast with Odin Linardatu. Recording, editing and sound editing by Petros Karpathiou. Follow us on the Eliamep channels on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and elsewhere.